She leads, she thrives. The home of inspired conversations, practical and creative wisdom, expansive leadership and business insights, abundant braggadocious moments of celebration, and useful info you can actually do something with. You'll hear about mindset, marketing, money, magnetism, self-awareness and the Thrive Factor framework, its archetypes and more. Amplify your role as a leader, a self-led soul. Tap into your effortless success zone. Turn your ingeniousness and wisdom into profitable income streams. From solo shows to guests you definitely want more from, there's something for every ambitious, ingenious soul. I'm Shannon Dunn, a true OG of the business coaching space with an obsession with thriving. You are so welcome here. Let's dive into today's episode. A huge welcome, everybody. Thank you so much for tuning in to another episode of She Leads, She Thrives. I'm Shannon Dunn, your host here at the podcast. I'm a long-term business and self-leadership coach. And I've got a lot to say. If, you have, if you've been following for any period of time, I've got a lot to say about coaching and about incredible people. And one of the many reasons I decided I wanted to host a podcast again, this being my third one, is that I wanted to bring in incredible conversations with global souls that are doing cool things. And our guest today, Ali Robinson, is no different. Like, Ali, you fit into that box very, very well. And we were just having a chat beforehand um, about what we were going to talk about today. And I know, Alison, when would you say we met? It's a good couple of years ago, I would say. Yeah, I think like right now I'm in my third year of business so I think it was in my second year we met through Cassie Howard I think yeah yeah I would Mm -hmm. say so definitely we met through Cassie Howard and you know a lot of the guests on the show I've actually met through Cassie's community which is amazing Mm -hmm. uh but yeah you were in very new in your coaching um business back when we first met but I remember when we first connected and I was like who is this bright spark of a woman like you know you had this determination this this big you are a big cheerleader for others which I love and resonate with that's the inspiring believer archetype that I teach in the thrive factor framework and there's just something about you that stood out and so I've loved watching you evolve in the last couple of years uh back yourself challenge yourself you know follow through on so many different things and we're going to talk about things like you know making tough decisions and how you got to where you are and also seeing you really embrace the commitment to the fact that you are French speaking yes you're going to be speaking English with me here today but your business is French speaking and as you shared I think just recently I saw a another post from you sharing how when you first started in your coaching business you didn't see many examples or maybe any examples of women coaches that were French speaking that were successful and earning really good money and yet you didn't let that get in your way you were like nope I'm going to make this happen. And that is just to me as a testament to the kind of character you have. So um, we were just saying also earlier that a large number of or percentage of your community may never get to tune into this episode because they are French speaking, not English speaking. But we also agreed that they could be very creative and find ways to yes. translate. <laughs> you know, technology these days is much, much easier, isn't it, than what it used to be. So um, I'm so excited to see what we end up having a chat about today. I mean, as I said to you, I've got a few questions of things I want to ask you, but 
I love having these conversations because we just let them go where they go. And, you know, there's always magic, always wisdom, always inspiration. So let me share your official bio so people get to know you through that perspective and then we'll dive into the conversation. So Alison Robinson is known as the No Bullshit Coach and that is so, so apt for you, isn't it? So appropriate. And her mission is to help women have more money in their hands so they be, can become their own sugar daddies. She helps online service-based entrepreneurs to scale their businesses to six figures, I think, and beyond, really. That's where you're yeah. at, right? <laughs> So, Ali, when I asked you if there was something particular, anything particular you wanted to focus on in our chat today, you said to me, I'm not there to promote myself, but to inspire people to create a life beyond their wildest dreams. And that, again, speaks so much to the kind of person that I've witnessed and got to know virtually uh, over the last couple of years. Uh, and I've loved watching, as I said, your growth so much because it's it's just it's cool sitting kind of literally on the other side of the world because, you yeah, Alison's in Canada and here I am in Australia, almost opposite to, I think we're what, 12 hours apart in time. Yeah, yeah, 12 yeah. Hours. So I'm four hours ahead of Ali and, and you know, but that's okay. I'm in the future, but <laughs> it's just, there's so much there, but just to, just to be able to do that and to see this and to be so inspired by what I was watching in this young, determined, you know, um, ambitious woman that you are. So what I'd love to know is what is your wild dream? What is my my what my my wild? So you said you oh, want my to wild dream. Oh wild yeah, wild okay. dream. <laughs> what is your wild um, dream? My wild dream. I think it's my selfish reason of why I'm in business, actually, <laughs> and it is purely to achieve like one of the dream that I had for as long as I can remember, which is to buy something like housing in yes. Toronto downtown. Okay. yeah so and to be able to do that I could not do it if I were working to a nine to five you know like clocking in clocking out making like maybe 20 bucks an hour it would be not possible and also like all the freedom that I wanted to achieve like freedom of time freedom of space freedom of money also and so yeah like the I would say like I think the main reason why I decided to go on this adventure that is entrepreneurship <laughs> is to really be able to just like live everything that I want to live in this lifetime and not feel like I can't because of finances because of like I don't know like restriction around my schedule or stuff I just mm -hmm. want to feel the most free that I can and for that I know that I need to make a shit ton of money to be able to do that and yeah so like that would be my selfish reason of why I've well, I went also, in business but yeah a fabulous and inspiring reason and I love when women in business and on and have chosen the entrepreneur path are able to say, I want to make a lot of money. I've got lots of things I want to do in my life and it requires money. I don't, um, certainly don't dismiss or, or think that it's a, that women who talk about other reasons that they started their business are trying to kind of not focus on money or make it look that like they're maybe 
I don't even think I can even find the right word in English right now, but, you know, that they're distracting and and saying that they want to, you know, to change the world. Yeah, we all want to make a difference and change the world. But I think having a motivation to make money and to make more than you can in a job is a really good motivation to start in entrepreneurship because it's not hard, right? I mean, not easy, right? All the time. I think we start in business and we have these ideas about what it will be like. And then we're in there and it can be Mm -hmm. different. So what were you doing before you came into the coaching space? Tell me about or share with us about that, what you did previously for work and your transition into coaching and why coaching? Why did you choose that as a, you know, your entrepreneur path? Yeah, so um, when I used to be at school, I decided to be like a... I guess you would call this like a social worker in English. Yes, yes, social worker. Because um, I wanted to have impact, you know, like yes, we want to change everybody. the world and make a difference, you know. And so I got a bachelor at the university close to my home where I live. And when I've been like when I've, I was done with that, I decided to go work in that field. Because, of course, if you study for something, usually it's because you want to work in that field, you know. Yeah. And when I started out to work in that field, I was like making, I think it was 40, 14 bucks an hour, which is like, yeah, no, that's, yeah, it's really low. And it's not like 20 years ago, like I'm 28 right now. So it was like maybe, I think five years ago that I was making 40, 14 bucks an hour. And I just paid like 10 grand to have a bachelor. And I'm just like, okay. (laughs) Shocks me. But at the same time doesn't surprise me because just because we go to university or do study at that level and end up with a bachelor's degree or even a postgraduate degree doesn't mean the job you go into is actually going to pay well yeah, yeah. So, so was that that challenging challenge your soul to oh damn yeah. yes it was <laughs> <laughs> I was lucky enough to have a good relationship with my mom so I I was staying at her place at that time when I uh, I was done with university and I started to work and at the same time I was still working in a restaurant because I'm mm-hmm. I've been working on like in the public since I, w- I was 14 and I decided to keep keep that job because like obviously the one that I studied for was paying me like peanuts <laughs> and I was fortunate enough to don't have lots of bill to pay so I I was able to work a lot and um work a lot and put money aside you know to be able to then start my coaching business that I did not thought about at that time but what like was really the I would say like the precursor of like wanting me to go on my own and start a business on my own is that I was tired of trying to make a change and having impact and not being able to do it my way do it like to the salary that I wanted because mm-hmm. I was like under the 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 poverty line here in Quebec City with the the salary I was wa- making yeah. only with my social worker um job and so then COVID hits yeah. and all the restaurants are shut down and at that time I was no longer working in the social like environment I have left that job and I've been at that time working for a full year now in a restoration to make more money. Okay. 
and then COVID hit so I'm like okay then what do I do and I was already making a couple of contracts in school to like um, help kids bring more awareness to their um, emotional intelligence to uh, prevent them from going into drug abuse yes and so when COVID hit I was like you know what like it's time it's time for me to do it my way, to go online, to take this time to really focus on creating something that I want and to be paid the amount that I want <laughs> and having the impact um, that I always wanted to have, but felt like I couldn't because I was so restricted because of like um, institutional policy and stuff. So, yeah. Which I think so, yeah. a lot of people in their things they did before they came to their business mm -hmm. often come to business because they want freedom, but they want yeah. it in a whole different way to, I think, when someone says, I want to have freedom in my life. I actually think sometimes people don't really think that they, or don't think about what that means. But I find that those of us that end up in business, we've thought about what freedom means. <laughs> we really know on so many different levels what that means and I imagine that a lot of your clients that you're working with now are similar to you in many ways so what kinds of things are uh, you know the clients that you love to work with your ideal client what are the things that they have as challenges and how do you support them with those even if you just think of a couple of examples Ali so we can get to understand the way you support your clients as a coach yeah so I just need to mention that when I first started out, like my first year, I was not in the same field that I am right now. So when mm -hmm. I started out, I was more on like the mindfulness coaching and like self self growth and like, you know, being able to really grow as a human. And then when I started to have more success <laughs> in that business, I think it's around that time that we met. Uh, mm -hmm. People started to ask me like, "Oh, you, how oh, do you do it to be able to make money in this like self-development world and being a mindful coach? How do you make money? And I was tired of like always answering in my DM. So I decided to yes. slowly start making program around it and coaching people around like mm -hmm. how to build a, success a successful online business. So right now, most of my clients are really focused on business side mm -hmm. of like how can I make more money but also like um have a better quality of life because there's something mm -hmm. around like making money but not doing it the, the right way that is suffocating yeah. and it we is. don't want that no yeah. and I think you and I could probably together come up with a long list of coaches that we've seen that talk about the money they make and then at some point they've admitted how many hours they're working, how much money they're spending on a team, how much money they're spending on ads, how they feel. Like you said, suffocated is a really good word. That mm -hmm. they, they don't like what they've created. They're burning out. They are not in love with their, their business mm -hmm. and the work that they do. Yeah, so that yeah. is such an important focus to help clients with. Yeah, and like if I take, for example, a client that I, that I have right now, I don't only coach coaches, I coach people outside of the coaching world. So like mm -hmm. right now I have a client in mind that she's an architect 
And the main work that we do together is around being able to raise our pricing. But to be able to raise our pricing, you need to be able to, you know, see your value and then mm -hmm. hold your value when a client comes to you and say like, oh, but this girl is doing it cheaper for me and you're too expensive. And like, how can you hold the standard now that you've worked on? you know, like seeing your value, but how do you hold it when someone is questioning it? Questioning it? Yes. Um, yeah, so like a lot of like, um, how can I say this in English? It's like to be able to stand stronger inside of yourself, to be able to, you know, then rise, rise up in your business, but it all starts with you. Like my motto is it, like business is 80% healing and 20% strategies. Like you can have all the strategies in the world. If you don't do the work on yourself, it doesn't mean like. Yeah, 100%. I was going to, to say a bad word, but I don't know what you say. So like, it doesn't mean nothing. Let's say like that. No. We, we have an occasional bit of swearing on the podcast because I think so many people just, it's part of their normal, um, the way they speak these days, which is fine. And what, what I was thinking of as you were sharing that, Ali, was that when we see a lot of people in the coaching space sharing for business owners, coaches, and I'm, I'm the same as you. I work with all kinds of business owners, not just coaches. You and I are not coaches that coach coaches, which there's a lot of people out there who do do that. But what we see a lot of being taught is either all about energetics and, and the self-work, doing the inner work, or we see a lot of strategy. And I think there is still a missing piece of, of like you said there, you have to have the two together. They have to come together for us to be able to yeah. move forward. And I think there's a, a fine line getting the balance because it's different for every one of us about how much inner work, how much supporting yourself and how much strategy there is. And I think it's just being able to be flexible with that is, yeah. is going to support success. So Yeah, and I also think that, not all of us coaches, but I think the coaching industry is responsible for that, that like people think they can just work on this on themselves and like everything is going to fall on their lap just because they are praying baby Jesus before going uh, to bed and like manifesting and like, <laughs> no, like it doesn't work like that. No, yes, you need to do that stuff, but you also need to put in the work, you know, and you need to have strategies. You need to have a game plan for it to work. And I think the coaching industry showcase a lot of the um, being an entrepreneur is easy yes. to be able to like they use that marketing to be able to sell like their offers and their services. And it creates in the like newer entrepreneur or like the the people who want to get to be entrepreneur, they, they get this image of like, oh, I can just work for like three no. months and I'm gonna no. like already make six figure and sipping mojitos by the beach and I'm gonna make money in my sleep, you know, but this is not how it works. And I, I think that's not the reality. The industry is really responsible for that. But I think it tends to change right now. I see a big change in the industry. Those kind of people are getting less and less client because people are now uh, awake and yes. like their eyes are open of like, 
yeah, okay, it's it's useful to do energetics and only strategies, but the best of the both worlds to mix them together, you know? Yeah, yeah, I agree. And having been in the coaching industry for about two decades now, I feel like I've seen every kind of trend come through in terms of what coaches are focusing on. And yeah. that tends to be universal as well. It doesn't matter that I'm here in Australia and you know, with coaches in any part of the world, there tends to be trends where people focus on particular things. And in those early days, when I was first in coaching, it was very much around the hustle, the busyness, the very patriarchal, do more to achieve anything. And then it went the other way over the kind of next decade of lean back, be more feminine, you know, bring that into, you can do less and you can create a multi six figure business in, you know, an hour a day or like, you know, I'm talking random numbers, but that's the kind of thing. In fact, actually, to be honest, only four or five years ago, people were talking about a six figure business. And now we see coaches talking about multi six figure months which again, I think is not necessarily a motivating, it can be motivating for some people, but for some people, that's just beyond, I mean, it's more than they make in a year, let alone considering that they could make it a month. And you and I have seen examples of people that have done this, but I think being realistic about how much work and effort it takes to make progress and continue that progress in a sustainable way is hopefully yeah. the business coaching and the coaching space is going moving forward. Yeah, more realistic. Yeah, the, the word you said, like sustainability, is really for me something that I preach for because I've seen all kind. Even though it's only been three years that I'm in business, I've seen so much kind of like disgusting stuff on the internet. And when you see like the marketing of some people, but then you know them outside of like the online yeah. space and you're like, oh, but like, why are you really? talking like that? And like showing yeah. yourself up like this when you're not even like that in the real world or like you're saying, oh, I'm making a hundred K month, but at the end of the month, you have only 10 grand left. It's like, but are you really making a hundred K month if like your, your net is so low yeah like yeah I know it, it, it challenges me as well and I have shared in some of my solo episodes on the podcast things around money and around you know my focus has always been your profitability and as you said you know sustainability because I don't care how much money you make overall if you can't pay yourself and you can't have the basic things that you need to live a life that is just comfortable, let alone actually the definition of your freedom, then really you shouldn't be in business probably. Um, you know, you've created a, a charity and a mm -hmm. because it's not paying you. <laughs> so I know so much we can talk about there. But as you said, in just three years even, how much you've seen. And I think with the increasing number of people coming into coaching since COVID, you know, a lot of people were out of work, like you You had that example, um, had an opportunity or thought this is my chance to change my the trajectory of my life, to have a new career, to do something different. And coaching particularly has a very low or no barrier entry because it's you don't necessarily have to do anything or have anything behind you to come into this, you know, this, this space as a coach. 
And so I, you know, I don't know about you in Canada, it being that that was what you were doing, but from this perspective, sitting in Australia and observing what was happening around the world, there was this rapid increase in the number of coaches suddenly, you know, out there in the world. Um, and I think too that, like you said, the coaching industry hasn't always been good for us. For, for we haven't been good for ourselves because we have promoted a lot of, you know, make money fast. You know, you don't have to work many hours. You know, it's really easy. And I think it can be easier than a lot of people think. But I think there's also some confusion around the messaging, right? Yeah, for sure. And I think that it's okay. Like for me, I have big ass ambition, okay? Like <laughs> I do want to have like the million, um, the mil, like the, the mil, mil, millionaire business yes yeah. Million dollar business. Yeah. yeah yeah the million dollar business I do want to have that and for me like I it's it's a deep strong belief inside of me that I'm going to get there but also I don't I don't want to get there and being tired as hell and having no more free time uh and not be able to enjoy my money you know that's something that you all you also need to think about when you go in business and like in the first year let me just tell you that I was not even able to pay myself because I used to reinvest everything in yeah. coaching and mentoring and program to learn skills that in the long run would make me make money you know I do. And I think that is a common practice for a lot of business owners, no matter what kind of business they're in, is that first year or some years, we reinvest nearly everything. And we pay ourselves the minimum to get by to cover our bills and things that we have on a personal level, which yeah. you know, I don't think it's a bad thing. But I yeah. think making sure you're investing in the things that are actually going to support you is going to be better. And that's actually something I wanted to talk to you more about because you share a lot in your content about how you make difficult decisions. Yeah. yeah. I've seen you share lots of stories in, and we were in a, a year long mastermind together last year. And, you know, so I got to hear you share a lot about the things, the decisions you were making, the way you were backing yourself, the choosing investments, you know, as you say, um, making bold moves, and I feel from the outside looking in that this has definitely contributed to your growth and the success that you've achieved for yourself so far. So how do you make those decisions, Ali, and keep backing yourself again and again? Because I think that is something, your tenacity, as you said, you're ambitious. I get that. I'm a really ambitious person too. And it doesn't mean, though, when you're really ambitious that you're going to be successful faster than anybody else. But I think for you, there's something different. So how do you back yourself and make those kind of difficult decisions? Yeah. I want to say, like, first thing first, I don't have any kids. So that's something that I need to disclose, I think, because my reality might not be the same as someone who will, like, listen to this Family. conversation. So first things first, like the only person that I need to take care of is myself. Yes. <laughs> okay, so like my expense is not really high. I have my mortgage and like all the basic stuff, but I do not have to cover for like little kid who depends on me. Okay, mm -hmm. so in that way, it makes me able to make hard decision easier, like easy, yeah. okay. easily, I would say, because 
no one is depending on me except me. Like, if I'm gonna, like, eat ramen for, like, the next two weeks, it's on me. Like, I don't have to uh, inf inflict this to my kids or whatever, you know? So since I'm the only one who will live with the side effect of my art decision, it's easier for me, I think, than, like, a single mom of two kids to make those kind of decisions as well. But with that being said... Um, I think that the main thing that I think about when I want to make a big investment and like you, like you said, do make our decision and make difficult choices. It's that my vision is so strong around where I want to go and why I'm doing it. And like, for me, it's not even a question of whether I'm going to go there or not it's only a question of time yes. and in my mind it's like how can I do all that I able to do and beyond to be able to go to go there faster so for me it's using mm -hmm. money to acquire skills acquire um you know like more leadership more emotional intelligence to be able to deal with myself and also deal with my business in a way that makes me go faster than most people I think and something that is recurring a lot in my community is like oh but Ali like <laughs> we started out at the same time and you're go you're like so much further ahead than me and I'm like yeah girl but did you invest in 90k over three years no so that's why you know yeah yeah, yeah. so what would you say, Ali, has been the most rewarding investment you've made? And not necessarily giving, like, led to the most money, but most rewarding for you, maybe on a personal level? Mm. I would say it's the first time that I invested 16K, not because of the amount, but because of all the work that it led me through um because yes, okay. at that time it was the highest amount that I ever invested like I chose to invest in that coach instead of changing my car that was like all broke down and like my boyfriend didn't even wanted to get in with me anymore because he, he was like okay. scared <laughs> <laughs> but like the decision that I had to make of like am I focusing on my growth right now or do I want more comfort I was like no I want I want growth so I went all in and I just hate to pay like interest on my stuff and I hate to have like long-term payments. So I asked the coach, like, can I pay you the full 16K in two months? But at the time when I hired her, I was making five grand a month. Wow. So I was like, oh, like the amount of pressure that I, yeah, the amount of pressure that I, that I needed to deal with to be able to, one make the money to pay her to be able to clear my credit card to pay her in the next two weeks and like because like my credit card limit at that time was like 5k and mm. I was I needed to give her almost 5k every two weeks you know yes and to be able to like even feed myself you know like I need to yeah. make money to pay my bills also and it it stretched me so much Shannon like can it only stretched imagine, me so much of like 
when I was done with that investment and that that I cleared that out, I was like, oh shit, if I can do this, like if I can do what I just went through for the last two months, I can do whatever the heck I want. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If and I'm able to hold that much pressure, I can do whatever I want. Yeah. So how did you navigate the pressure? Was there a point in time, despite your strength in your vision, that you're like, I don't know if I can do this? Oh, yeah, absolutely. I was scared shitless all the time. (laughs) So how did you work through that then? Because I think that's the reality for so many people that uh, come into business is that they do feel, like you said, just scared shitless all the time or a lot of the time. So how do you personally work through that? Yeah. So a lot of the thing that I the things that I do to help myself is to talk it out with people like close to me. So like my boyfriend is literally my rock. If I didn't have him when I started out my business, I would have closed the door in the first year, you know. So I talk it out with my boyfriend around like all the stress that I live, the pressure that I have. And his job is just to tell me you're gonna be okay. Mm. And I oh, I'm good. I'm good. I'm good. I like, I keep moving, keep moving. And it's also all the time reminding me my, like remind myself that I do have the strain that is, is required to make all my dreams come true. Like it's a deep belief, a deep confidence inside of me of like, I can do whatever I want. So I think that if I would have like one tip for like your audience or whoever listens to that podcast is like, if you feel inside of you that you are meant for more, you need to be able to reconnect to that feeling all the time when you go through old phases and like when you go through like our Um, our decision and difficult choices that you have to make like for example myself when I said like earlier I needed to change my car and I did not I waited a full year and like my mom was are you crazy like you're (laughs) investing 16 grand again I was like yeah mom because my goal is not to make 50 grand a year is to make six figure and beyond and that's the kind of decision that I need to make now to be able to you know, treat you with trips and stuff. And now let me tell you that when I brought her to Republic this year, she was oh, happy. Yes, I remember you yeah. sharing that. She you. was happy that I made those hard decisions in the past two years. Yeah. But like, yeah, it's always reconnecting to like this feeling you have inside of you of you're meant for more. So do more mm-hmm. and be more, you know? Yeah, definitely. I think another thing that stood out for me, Ali, uh, in the time we've known each other is as you said, your ability to back yourself is exactly what you shared then. And even at the beginning, before we started recording for today, I you, you said to me, oh, I remember last year and, you know, when I probably about when I launched the podcast and you said, I'd love to be on there maybe one day. And you and you said, but I never actually thought it might come true. But you had still, what I loved is that you put your hand up like in a virtual kind of space and said, I'd love to be considered. I already had you in my mind anyway, but you didn't know that. And as you said, here we are. It's actually a reality now. And I think your ability to say things out loud and share them where they can be heard by other people, that to me feels like it's a big part of you backing yourself as well. Yeah, saying it. And it's not that you're saying it so that you can 
I'm just trying to thinking like I see a lot of people in the online space share their goals, their dreams, the things they'd like to do just so they can prove that they are going to do them. But sometimes when things don't happen and that doesn't become a reality, they kind of vanish or say, no, I never said that. And I don't see you doing that. I see you saying, this is what I wanted. This is what I got or what I experienced. But this is what I'm going to do different to make sure that my reality and my dreams line up the way I want them to next time. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that it's something if I uh, if I look at all like my successful successful like financially let's say client that I have right now the one point uh the one common point we have together it's our ability to put ourselves in room that we feel we don't belong but that we eventually want to belong you know so like yeah. it's doing the work before feeling like we are deser- like we deserve our place at the table like just the fact that i want to claim my place at the table makes me deserving of it you yeah. know yeah and i think a lot of people are scared of doing those kind of moves you know like they're saying like oh i'm not there yet or i need to make the money first to be able to make that decision and i'm like yeah but what if you just figure it out and mm-hmm. then you make way more than what you would have expected and you gain way more experience than what you you thought was possible you know yeah I think so many people around the world and we see so much content about this get stuck in that imposter syndrome like I don't belong here or I don't deserve to have whatever they say they'd like to have and there are people that stay in that story and then there are people that hear themselves say that and make take action anyway you're a person right yeah like every time I feel like it's too big for me or I shouldn't like let's say for your podcast for example like last year when I when you you told everyone in the mastermind we were in like hey I'm looking for guests for the next year I was like oh yeah me even though I'm like at that time I, I did not even made my first six figure I was just like I'm putting myself out there and let's see Let's see what happens. And every time I did that, every time I did the scary thing and like the and just like raise my hand when I even when I felt like people might say like, hey, calm down, like you're a baby (laughs) entrepreneur, you don't belong here, whatever. Just the fact that I did it, I gained so much more confidence and so much. I was so much stronger inside of me. And I think that's why. Even though I'm in a place where I'm the baby entrepreneur and I only make like like six figure or multi six figure and they are millionaire, they just feel the vibe that I have and they are like, oh, this girl is she's going there. Yeah, and that's you know? what I've got for you from you from the minute we met and I've shared that today is that there's something different about your commitment, your mm-hmm. determination, and your tenacity to as I said, to back yourself over and over again. Now, something else I asked you and I ask everyone of the guests this is that, you know, if I was to ask someone that knows you well, what they'd say about you, like, you know, what, how would they describe you? And you shared with me as your answer that your capacity to see beyond the veil of their stories, they are telling themselves and that that was a superpower. So 
tell me a bit more about how you do that. You know, that you said, see beyond the veil of the stories people tell themselves, which I think also speaks perfectly to the no bullshit coach, right? You know, see through that. <laughs> tell me more about that. Yeah, so for people who might know uh, human design, I'm a projector. And uh, it means I have a lot of open centers in my like energetic field, which makes me able to sense a lot of stuff. Mm -hmm. And like, let's say, for example, one time I'm meeting a client on Zoom and I'm like, hey, how are you? She's like, oh, I'm fine. I'm like, stop bullshitting me. Like, what's going on? You know, like I just feel like in the energy of the person, I just feel. And when I have a conversation with someone and. It's like, it's stuck on the the surface level. I'm like, yeah, but what's underneath that? Like, I feel there's something more. And one of my strengths as a coach is to be able to, you know, like make the people, like the the person reflect on, yeah, but this is just like beneath the surface. If you go deeper, what's hiding there? (laughs) And then it's like, oh my God. I did not even thought about this and I'm like yeah because I sense that kind of stuff like I feel it you know yeah I get it I get I really understand that and when you said projector I think I knew that already about you as that makes sense for sure um and having those open centers is a gift I think when you're in this space working one-on-one with people so I'm a manifesting generator in human design but I only have three defined centers so I remember when I first worked with my human design mentor and she said to me, look at projector energy as well because you're so open. So I understand what you just said. And I, I go, I'm the same. I, I, you know, you can look at someone, you can hear the tone of their voice, read their body language. You're like, yeah, yeah what's your saying and what's actually going on and not one and the same. Yeah, yeah let's exactly. Yeah. about that. <laughs> yeah, I love that. Yeah. All right. Now, fabulous lady, I have some questions to ask you that I ask all of the guests that come to the podcast. The first one, I'd like to know what role does leadership play in your life and your business? Where does leadership fit in your life and business? My God. (laughs) (laughs) I think my whole business is based on leadership. If I did not have the leadership that I have, I would not be here on the podcast today because I think I would have quit like simple as that it's my my fears like my force of like being able to always push through and to always see behind the difficulties makes me always working like towards my goal and it it inspires people, I think, and it's it activates people of like, oh, if she's doing it and she's like so fierce and so bold and so badass, like I want to be like that also. And it inspires people a lot to take their own power and do it. But for me to be able to inspire and activate those people, I need to do it for myself first, you know. Definitely. And I think that's such an important thing to understand because we read a lot in the business, online business space about being embodied and embodiment. But I think still a lot of people don't actually understand what that means. Uh, What you just shared then is an exact example or an ideal example of embodiment where, you know, to be able to inspire, as you said, and to activate people, you've got to have done it for yourself first. Yeah, such a a beautiful lesson. Um, And the next question I'd love to ask you and know what your answer is to this, Ali, is, how do you know when you are thriving? 
Oh, when I feel on top of the world, that's yeah. when I know. <laughs> so what does feeling on top of the world look like to you and feel like to you? Like, how do you know when, you know, when that, what is that like in reality? Yeah. So for me, it's in the, like, I'm a Leo, so I'm really materialistic and I like shiny stuff. I like like luxury brand and like I vibe experiences and stuff and I like since I was working in restoration like in like the this industry like the fine dining for me is something that elevates my soul and Mm -hmm. to be able to just go to a restaurant and not look at the price and just be able to pay it for myself and just be like it's not even gonna affect my budget this month for me it's something that makes me feel like I'm on top of the world when I'm able to go and see a quatuor play like it just blows my mind that I'm able right now to pay for those kind of experiences that I was not able to do like two years ago yeah yeah so to be able to I would say like take not not take advantage but like to live the the fruition of like my old work for the last three years that's what makes me feel like I'm on top of the world like three years ago I would not be able to pay for all the stuff that I'm doing you know no no mm. as you said possibly even two years ago it's it's a, such a beautiful yeah. thing and I I think when you've come from a situation where you can't invest in things that seem to be effortless for other people and then you get to experience them, the gratitude you have for them is very different. And I think that's a beautiful thing as well to be able to embody that and to really know so that when you say, have a client say to you, I can't pay for this or this is really hard for me right now, you actually understand because you have been there, yeah, more than once, which is great. So Ali, we're getting close to the end, but I've got a couple more questions to ask you. Firstly, where do people connect with you online? Where's the best place for us to connect with you? Uh, you can find me on Instagram. I think it's the best way to find me. So it's at La No Bullshit Coach. Um, most of my content is in French, but you have this translation uh, tool that you can use on Instagram to translate all my posts. And that's how you, Shannon, you are able to yeah, like, read my posts, even, if, even it. if it's in French. <laughs> that's it. It's it. So when it is in French, I'm almost more intrigued, I think, Ali, when I see your posts that come through on Instagram or Facebook and they are in French. I'm like, what is this? Like, you know, as I said to you, my French in terms of my ability to understand goes back to high school. That's a long time ago for me now. So it's, uh, and I never really had an opportunity to practice speaking or really reading beyond that time, but I pick up some words, uh, but the translation tool in social media is so good. Um, So it was not going to pick up if you're listening to one of Ali's videos and you don't speak French you're not going to be able to necessarily interpret that but use the translation on the written piece and you'll get an understanding for sure and I think you know getting to really know you has been because we've been in groups that are English speaking so I've got to hear you speak and to see you writing in English so that was like okay I get a sense of who this beautiful woman is and where she's going in the world So that's great. So we will make sure that we share your link to Instagram in our show notes. If anyone is listening, and if you're a long-term listener of the podcast, you know that we always share the links for our guests. So that's very easy to find them. And 
The very last thing I'd like to ask you is if you could share one final piece of wisdom with the ambitious, wise people that are tuning into the podcast episode today, what's the kind of thing that's on your heart right now? You feel like this is a good piece of wisdom to share. Yeah, I think I'm going to share the piece of advice that brought me where I am today. It's, it is okay to be scared, but do it scared anyway. Oh, I love that. Yeah, so succeed too, just like to the point. And who who did you hear that from? Or did you read it? Or where did that piece of... I don't recall, but no. I just know that it's when I heard or read it, like I was, oh my God, yeah, that's so true. Because like a lot of people are stuck in the fear and like, oh my God, but like all the possibilities that could happen. And I'm just like, yeah, but what if you just went for it? Yeah, anyway. How could your life be changed right now? It yeah. surely wouldn't be the same. So just do it, you know? Yeah, just do it. Nike, Nike was on to something. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you, beautiful lady, for joining me today. I'm so glad we finally got to, to connect here and to create a conversation for She Leads, She Thrives. I've loved talking to you. And as I expected, there's a lot of inspiration and wisdom in, in this episode today, despite your age, because I think that's also something that is important to understand that, Wisdom's got no connection to age. You know, mm. we can be incredibly wise and based on how many numbers we have in our birthdays, have still be very young. So I, I love that you understand that and I feel that that is going to support you so much as you go forward and grow as a coach. And I look forward to cheering you from the sidelines as you do that. So thank you for joining me and having this conversation. And thank to you our- for having me. To our listeners, thank you for listening to Ali and I today. And if you have been inspired by this young, you know, firecracker of a woman, please go and reach out to her and and connect with her. And if you are French speaking, as she says, she leads her business in French. So don't ignore what she's got to share with you. There's an incredible amount of, of generous sharing that goes on in Ali's world. And I've seen that in the time I've known her. So uh, I think you have an opportunity to learn something that may make such a difference for you in your life, in your business, right? Mm-hmm. So, yeah. So thank you again, Ali. Thank you, everybody. And I look forward to connecting with you, uh, our beautiful listeners, with another episode very soon. Thanks for tuning into today's episode. You are so valued and appreciated. Aside from this podcast, my favorite place to hang out online is definitely Instagram. So come and join me, Shannon underscore the Thrive Factor. And no, my DMs are always open for genuine questions and connections. For all the latest Thrive Factor goodness, visit thrivefactorco.com forward slash links, where you'll find more about thriving in life and business. Be sure to subscribe and rate the show and share it with your friends. Let's amplify thriving the world over.